is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ezra, we do not eat stones. I have proclaimed that to Ezra a good few times over the last couple of weeks, and now he's on his feet. Yesterday, he spent a lot of the time just walking up and down and sticking stones in his gob. Ezra, this is not what we do. It might just be a lament thing, but we don't eat stones. They're not to be eaten, they're not to be sucked, and they're generally not to be licked. Proclaiming to Ezra to not eat stones is a warning. Ezra, I know what you're going to do. I can read your mind. I know you're going to go and don't eat stones. And of course he does. And, and with those stones in his face, we go and we pick him up. We shake him and they all drop out. We sit him down on the reflective step. And we talk to him, even though he doesn't understand English or speak it, about why we don't bother to eat stones. Because we they don't do anything for us it's not useful you might break your teeth you've only got one chance with those teeth he shouldn't be eating stones so we proclaim it as a rule we warn him before he does it and we teach him when he does three things Paul does for Christians in this passage that's what he does and we can see it in Colossians chapter 1, 28. He says this, just before um, our passage, he says, Him we proclaim, we announce, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. Now, we want to, to produce a mature Ezra who doesn't um, go around as an adult hiding stones in his cheeks. We want to produce him as a normal human being that knows that that isn't something you do. We're trying to rear a child into maturity. And we have three ways of doing that. We proclaim and we, we warn and we teach. And Paul is doing that and saying we should care about that for all Christians to present them maturing Christ that's the role of Paul and he's saying to the church in Colossae it's the role of the church now the church historically calls that discipleship making disciples of people and it's a good word discipleship simply meaning um, follower and learner those two words kind of melded together follow a learner and that's what Ezra does he follows and he learns and he will continue to and that's what we do as Christians we follow and we learn from Christ through his teaching and we listen to what he says now Paul has a few things to watch out for you see our passage is the warning part proclaiming is positive teaching is positive but but warning can feel um, slightly in our face we don't particularly like it as much but Paul's very clear he warns them and he says this don't be caught by anything else don't be caught by anything else being distracted by all sorts of things 
We get distracted by things in life. You know, you just need to get through the cat videos on YouTube and you'll suddenly find ones that are all about people walking into lampposts. I was looking at them yesterday. There are so many um, videos on YouTube that are about somebody walking into something they shouldn't. And the reason they do that is because they get distracted. So they're, they're on their phone, they go smack straight into a lamppost. Or they're, or they're doing their hair and they just walk straight into a bollard. They're great, funny, worth watching, spend your time on it. But what they're doing is they're not looking at where they're going. They're not looking at what they're actually trying to do. They get distracted by something. Their head gets turned and then slap. The difficulty is we can do that for a lifetime. And we walk straight into the bollard of eternity and it takes us out. Don't get distracted. Don't be caught by anything. Keep your eyes on the goal. Those people needed a warning. Head up. Stop texting. They needed that warning and Paul is doing that for us. In life we need warnings, but they're given mostly by those who care. Note I quite like watching people walk into things. It's funny. You know, try and nick a Snickers from a shop, run out straight into the glass door. Hilarious. I don't particularly like that person. But actually, if that was my wife, whom I love, I'm going to say, darling, wait for the door to open. I'm going to warn her. And that's what God does for us. He, he so deeply loves us that he doesn't let us just walk straight into eternity, slap in the face. He warns us. He comes to us. That's what he did, Emmanuel. He came down to go, guys, wake up. That's our story. Don't be captured by anything, number one. Don't let anyone condemn you or judge you, number two. And don't let anyone disqualify you, point three. Verse eight of your passage, Colossians 2 says this, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This word captive is quite unusual. It's, it's actually a, a word for kidnap, like a slave raider actually carrying your body and soul away from where it should be. Don't be kidnapped by these things, by philosophy. Now, not just the Greek philosophy that you and I know of, of nice ideas about, but about things further than the physical, no. What's, what it's speaking about here in the Greek is, is understanding of deeper divine things. It broadens it out. It's a uh, knowledge of divine mysteries. So when it says don't get distracted by philosophies, it's not just an academic subject that has some interesting stuff that could certainly distract you from Christ. But it's also saying don't get distracted by, by a way of going deeper than many others. A way of teaching that, that is telling you you can go further and deeper into this, into the divine mysteries. These people in Colossians that Paul's warning about, they are bringing these philosophies, bringing these teachings to this church. And he's giving them a stern warning saying, don't go further than the apostolic teaching. Know the simple gospel. Remember the simple gospel. Don't go further People, when they leave GCSEs and they go to A-levels, sometimes you get some subjects like science or maths and they go, everything you learn in GCSE, boys and girls, forget. 
you're now in A-levels. You need to relearn because what you learned there was just so, it was so basic. There's so much more to learn here. And that's true in many ways. You know, basic passing your GCSEs is to know the kind of basics, but they don't give you the depth of stuff. Get to A-levels and there's more there. University, there's even more there. And you kind of go, I can't believe I believe that at GCSE. That's what these teachers are saying. He's saying, yeah, okay, you know the gospel, you know the basic stuff, but we've got more for you. Go further than basic. Paul's clear that this is a worldly lie. When it comes to Jesus, he only has basic for people. He offers it to the foolish of the world. He offers it to the lowly of the world. If you've been around church for any time, you'll, you'll see a similar issues in our day. We can be deeply distracted by extra stuff that we've been told can lead to greater knowledge or greater experience of God. And this can become our worship. This can become the thing we bow down to. Even if we don't verbally say it, we can act like that. Be it tradition based on enlightenment, on our reason when we started to go, actually, the human mind knows so much, that's the limit of what we can know our physical experience. We can end up worshipping that and going, well, therefore, if that is the case, we're not going to believe what the Bible says simply because it doesn't make sense. So therefore, we end up going, there's more to what Jesus has said because we are so wise. But there's also other things. We can be distracted by things that were once tools for true worship, by, um, by things like candles, we can be distracted by candles. We can't really receive communion unless the candles are exactly how I want them to be. That's not the basic gospel. Actually, we can receive Christ whenever we want to receive Christ. We come up and we come to the table, whether the candle's lit or not. How are they doing? They're all right. You know, we can end up going, it's not how it should be. So I'm not going to worship Christ because the atmosphere has to be right. The smoke machine has to be on. The cool Holy Spirit music has to be behind me, and we'll get that later, Jake. We can be distracted by stuff that ultimately is good. It's nice to have candles. It's good to have good worship. It's nice to have traditions. But actually, there is no truth in the fact that a newer type of music can send you into a deeper holiness than an older type, or vice versa. Extra distractions, when we focus on things that aren't the gospel they're all secondary issues and we know this because Paul writes to us and he says that Christ he gave the decisive blow on the cross he ended all of the mystery done the victory's been won we need nothing more we cannot get closer to God than the intimacy offered on that cross leaving that cross risen from the tomb and in fellowship with us as a resurrected Christ that's where victory is and in that victory we have this intimacy in him it was conquered we need nothing more and Paul then lists some things for us he lists some things that says actually you don't need that they're telling you you need that but you don't Religion can get really religious. And Paul says this in verse 16. 
Therefore, let, let no one pass judgment on you. Let no one condemn you in question of food and drink or with regard to festivals of new moons and Sabbath. He lists the food and drink because people were getting wrapped up about that. Fasting, so much so that you can get ill. Because in, in understanding that hunger, we can get holier and closer to God. These people were coming in and going, we've got some great rules for you to live and it will send you deeper. Paul says, no, you're not to be condemned by what you do. And religious observances, yearly festivals, monthly new moons, weekly Sabbath, he lists the year, yearly, monthly, weekly. You're not to get stuck in a routine or at least be told you have to have a good religious routine throughout the year in order to be a good Christian. No. Focusing on the physical is not living in accordance with the ways of God. It's living with accordance with the way of the world. We're not to be condemned because we live that way. You can live according to the church calendar. It's great to have feasts. It's great to fast. But you don't have to fast from meat on Fridays. And you don't have to be teetotal. But for some and for many, it's good to do those things in order for us to set ourselves up. But it's not about salvation. Let no one condemn you. There are three things that Paul promises. Verse 9, you're going to be full in Christ. Verse 11, we're going to have fellowship with Christ. And verse 13, we're going to be free in Christ. Fullness in Christ, fellowship in Christ, and freedom in Christ. He says, we're going to, in Christ there's the fullness of the deity, and you've been filled in him. We're full. We need nothing else to top us up. In verse 11 and 12, we've been circumcised, not with a physical mark, but with a circumcision of the heart that, that takes us, spiritually marks us as Christ's. And then it says we've been buried with him in baptism when you're dunked under the water, baptized, lifted out the water, resurrected. We go on the journey Christ went on symbolically because we are in fellowship with him. We're resurrected beings with him. We rejoice with him. We're in fellowship with Christ and then we have freedom. Paul says, and you who are dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive. The death is our enemy death is our restriction but God made us alive you will not die if you believe in Christ as saviour that is true yes physically you'll go to the grave but you'll be resurrected for eternity rejoicing in our Lord Jesus Christ and that will be the most beautiful thing you have ever experienced and we live with our eyes on the goal don't be distracted by all sorts of things that can get in the way of our fullness, our fellowship, and our freedom. Let no one disqualify you. Verse 18, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Paul lists some more things that we can get distracted by as Christians, and we're, we're listing stuff now that can get really personal. There's food and drink, okay, most of us don't have an issue with that these days. There's religious observances, well in this service it's not going to really touch us because we don't know it's St. Margaret's Day. And then we come to this though, asceticism, again, this does affect the church. But it's mostly unsaid in our society today and we, we find out about it years on. 
where there's been some sort of spiritual abuse, where there's been an insistence that we punish the body because of sin, asceticism, punishing ourselves physically, fasting until we are ill. When we've sinned, making sure there's some sort of physical punishment, that is not of the Lord. If you know of that, claim that out. Asceticism is one thing that he lists, but also worship of angels. Oh, how easy it is to worship angels. You just look at history. You read the Bible. You think about your heart. If you saw an angel, what would your response be? And you knew it was an angel. Actually, in some way, we will act lower because this is a supernatural being. Some way we will respect them because this is a supernatural being. We see it at the end of Revelation. That is not our role. We're risen to be supernatural beings. Angels are servants of God like us. But he's chosen us. So we're not to worship them, but also along with them, not to worship dead people. Saints, we may call them. Good role models in the Christian faith, but we're not to look to them. We shouldn't worship worship. We shouldn't worship communion. If we don't have communion this week, I'm going to be really told off. It's not the case. We shouldn't worship church music or certain stars. We shouldn't worship Mary as, as if she was God herself. There's all sorts of things, but then we have a spiritual experience side, don't we? And the modern church loves this. We shouldn't worship spiritual experiences that can happen. We shouldn't wait for prophecies jump from the next thing to the next thing because that's really what's feeding us that's that's not what we should be doing we shouldn't just try and pray for dreams and have dreams and then and focus on what the dreams are saying and live a life according to the dreams God's given us we shouldn't do that we shouldn't speak in tongues loudly from the back row every service to make sure that we've spiritually got something on this week we can get stuck in that it can distract us the reality is all these things are good we should worship God and we should know that angels are there, know that the saints are great role models. Worshiping communion, we should see prophecies, we should have dreams, we should have visions, we should see what the church is doing. We should look back on that, but we shouldn't focus because all of these things are signs. You see, Paul says they are shadows of the things to come in fullness. These things point towards Jesus Christ and he is our center. Let no one disqualify you because they don't think you're spiritual enough. We hold fast to the simple gospel. See, these things, verse 23, are indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. They turn us into people who are indulging the flesh. It's a lie from the devil. And then there's a rejoicing and encouragement. Verse 19. And you not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, me and you, equally, are nourished and are knit together, its joints, its ligaments, connected physically, we grow with a growth that's from God. When we focus on the simple gospel of dead in baptism, risen again, we focus on the truth of Christianity, we will grow together. We'll see our family here together grow extraordinarily mature in Christ. We'll stop putting stones in our mouths. We'll keep 
focused on the goal. We're not going to run into lampposts. We're not distracted because we are sharpening each other. And with that growth personally, you and me, we'll see growth in numbers because people are attracted to Christ. People aren't attracted to your candles or your saints or your spiritual experiences. Really, they're not because it's fleshly in the, in the end. But if we can use all those things to point to the gospel and proclaim it, warn against it, teach about it, we'll see. Many come to know who Jesus is. But there's a warning. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We've got to be so careful that we do not get distracted by all sorts of things that can distract us. And we've got to be rejoicing in the simple gospel a gospel of love, a gospel that comes to us, that communicates with us, fills us, gives us fellowship with Jesus and gives us freedom in him. Let no one condemn you, St. Andrews. Let no one disqualify you. Let no one judge you because we're full, we're together and we're free. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are a God who sacrificially has come to us and given us so much. Lord, we thank you that we are a church called to live under this simple gospel with all sorts of good things going on, all sorts of good ways of doing things, but may we not get distracted by things that cut in on us. May we take the warning today. Check ourselves. Look at who you are and refocus our eyes, starting with me, Lord. May we remember that we are your children if we believe in you. Let's take a moment to just soak, reflect, pray whilst this song plays over you.